Um, you can see that uh, I just added you to um, our fan, our friend of the podcast, uh, um, Paul Reiser's new uh, new uh, Twitter account that I created in his honor. <laughs> I yeah, I can't believe you did that. Um, yeah, you know it. I, 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 who knows, maybe I, you know, I, I might've had a legitimate shot of, of perhaps interviewing Paul Reiser for limited engagement or something. And, uh, and, and he, he stumbles upon this, this podcast and here's all the shit that gets talked about him. Well, actually, you know, I guess he would still be cool with me because I'm defending his, you know, his chops all the time. I'm pretty damn sure that, um, Paul Reiser is too busy, um, Hand the clubs, smoking cigars. Um, to he, I know he knows what a podcast is because I've heard him on a couple. Um, so I know he's aware of like that they exist. I don't know if he knows how they work because the man is um, what uh, sixty three. Um, That's not that old. No, it's not. I mean, I can hear my dad just groaning right now. I'm like going. I guess I'm going to die soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way to insult your dad and Paul Reiser at the same time. <laughs> I'm not insulting Paul. Hey, that account. So while, so let me explain real quick and then we'll get into the intros. And so while Jared was trying to figure out how to record our episode today, because we're... It is a train wreck try, today. Yeah, because we're trying to up the sound quality because we're not getting, we're not being in person anytime soon um we want to make it a more pleasant experience for your ears while while jerry was attempting to do that i created a um twitter account called um let me pull it up even though i just made it (laughs) um um it's called it's today paul riser's birthday and Jared is the only follower and the only one that we're following. And pretty much, do you want to know when Paul Reiser's birthday is? Follow our account at Paul Reiser B Day. I like how now you're responsible for knowing when Paul Reiser's birthday is. March 30th, 1957. Okay, I guess it wasn't that hard. I guess there is this thing called... (laughs) There's this thing called the Internet... So, um, so yeah, so every day I, 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 if you're listening, I do, um, encourage you to, um, to add us. And this is, um, this is clearly a ripoff of it's today, Ted Danson's birthday. Um, so I, this idea is, you know, clearly not original in any way other than the fact that I chose our friend of our podcast, Paul Reiser. Um, to pay tribute to and so we can celebrate his birthday. Thank you, Paul. For my two dads, aliens, and as I discovered this week, Red Oaks. Yeah, so what do you think of Red Oaks? You know oh, what? Oh, man. Tell me after we, we launch the... After we launch... The, yeah. What the fuck? Well, this is what the fork... <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jared. I'm Jason. You can uh, find us on social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter only. And 
You did. Oh boy, yep. this is a this is a train wreck. At whattheforkpod.com. and you can email us uh, all of your all of uh, your your feedback, uh, which I'm sure is glowing. Um, at whattheforkpod at gmail dot com. Yeah, and um, don't forget uh, to hit up uh, this uh, mother forking bench. Uh, Jared Duran at LTD underscore engagement on the Twitter. Drop the underscore like it's hot on the Instas. Um, rate and review five stars um, and donate and drop us a line. Uh, your turn. <laughs> yeah. And and, uh, and this guy who can uh, who can shove his fat grumps all the way up his snork box uh, is mm. you can find at Jason E. Kyle. On uh, on Twitter and Instagram. All right, so way to go. Um, we did it. Yeah. So we Red did. Oaks. Yeah. Um, so I like it. Um, it's it's sort of like um, I don't know, it's again it's like a John Hughes movie, but instead of Chicago, it's New Jersey. Um. I like the whole exploration of mid eighties New York art scene. Um, I didn't realize that behind the camera was um, Hal Hartley uh, of Trust and Amy Huckerling of Clueless and Andrew Fleming of The Craft and Dick. Like, and it's a Steven Soderbergh joint. Had I known this five years ago when the show premiered, I will watch it a lot sooner. I've so. I've only been talking to you about it at least since we started this podcast. Yeah, but you always start with the um, Paul Reiser is in it. Well, he so is. That, yes, and um, <laughs> and he's great in I, it. <laughs> yeah, so that usually makes me immediately dismiss it. But you, <laughs> but left out um, Richard Kind. <laughs> oh, Richard Kind is in it too. Yeah, it's it's a semi yeah. it's a semi yeah. uh, Mad About You reunion. Yeah, you, you leave out Richard Kind, you leave out Jennifer Grey, uh, you leave out uh, all the other people who are in this in this movie. You left out who is behind the camera. Is Gen- Jennifer Grey is the is the mom in it, right? She, she's yes. The, yeah. Okay. She's great in it. Oh yeah, I I think she's um, I think she's really great. And I think Richard Kind is. Yeah, um, he's outstanding. Richard Kind I, is usually good in things, though. I always like Richard Kind and stuff. Yeah, but I'm halfway through the second season. Um, and I'm really liking um, how he's um, sort of like trying not to. I don't want to give away too much away, but he's. I like how tender his portrayal is of where he is in his life. Um, it's really. Yeah. Um, it's not something I really see of him because he's usually playing like some sort of doofus. Um, but not this time, and I, I, I really, uh, I really enjoy it. Um, it, it, it can uh, scratch your your eighties itch uh, now that Glow is canceled. <laughs> oh God, really? Yeah, that that one stung quite a bit. I yeah, mean, it's a bummer because you know I I was mm-hmm. at the end of the last season. I was wondering how they were gonna, you know, continue on, but they had mm-hmm. it. They had it ready, and. Yeah. Uh, so that's a bummer. But, but do you think like here's my here's so before they announced the season four, only to snatch you away from us. I thought season three ended 
kind of perfect. I mean, still left, you know, some answers I want, some questions I want answered. But as I mean, far but as the whole... Yeah, it's definitely an ending. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't want to, if you haven't seen season three of Glow, I don't want to give it away. But it, it's it's it has the feel of a finality to it. Uh, yeah. Which is why I was wondering how they were going to bring it back uh, for a fourth season. I think that yeah. they, I, it seemed like they ended it not knowing whether or not they were going to get one. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a bummer. But, I mean, 2020. Yeah, I, I, I concur. Um, but, I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm pretty... I'm pretty, uh, I'm bummed for sure. I would like to see, you know, our boy Mark get paid for another year so he can ride off into the sunset with this, you know, with all the money he's got saved up. And Well, yeah, we, I mean, if, if you watch, uh, if you watch his Instagram stories, he doesn't seem to be too worried about not working right now. Yeah. He's got some money saved up. <laughs> you know, he's. Okay, quit. Like, like um, he's always saying. Yeah. I think. Move to Ireland. I'm going to move to Ireland. I don't know what it is about Ireland, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, man. <laughs> there it is, my Mark Marin. Another. It but anyway. He says, uh, use whatever means you have at your disposal yeah. to maintain your sanity without hurting yep. yourself and others. Yep. Too close. Too close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't uh, tagged Susu in that yet. I don't want to cheapen her that way. Yeah. You know, get a, a free, you know, plug from Mark Marin, uh, exploit my cat. Just doesn't seem right. But think I got principles, man. Would, but people would see, um, see your cat possibly click on your profile. Realize yeah, but if they that- follow, um, the, uh, you know, Instagram, then they will see plenty of the cat. But what I'm saying is if you want more people to follow your Instagram and then discover that you have this whole other podcast. Are you saying that my Instagram is lacking the Marin bump? I'm saying it could get the Marin bump. (laughs) You know, uh, what I saw last night. But you want to keep your social distance. My social media distance. Which I respect. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know what I saw on Instagram Live last night that was outstanding uh, was yeah. uh, Jenny Lewis. Um, she oh, what, what, were they doing postal service? No, she was just doing like a live from home kind of thing. She played a few songs and yeah, it was really. There... It's the first one I've seen. Apparently, she had taken a break for a while, but she's been doing these um, during quarantine. And, uh, you know, it's called the 836 or something because she starts them at 836, which is an interesting time to start something. But um, is that Pacific time or? Yeah. Yeah. Pacific time. Um, And yeah, it was great. I mean, it it was. um, It's, you know, it's really cool because not only, you know, she played a few great tracks from the latest record, which is Personally, it's my favorite thing that she's ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but she's also trying out some new songs, 
And so it's like you get to hear things in there, nascent stages. Um, yeah. But speaking of Soderbergh, uh, I, I watched uh, Haywire. Oh. Have you seen that Gina one? Carano? Yes. It's fucking outstanding. <laughs> It's I know. It's possibly like my favorite thriller of well a long time. It's it's just it's fucking it, you know. And so I I had just recently rewatched uh To Catch a Thief. Yeah, I saw that. One of my all-time favorite films. It's, you know, it, it's just the, the the Grace Kelly and the Cary Grant and and the script is amazing and it it's a beautiful looking film and i was was watching that and thinking you know this is this is what movies could be like you know it's just and and are, are frequently not you know if you if you watch mm-hmm. that film and then you watch other movies more recent movies they're a letdown mm-hmm. unless it's Jerry Maguire. oh boy um, but Haywire r- reminded me of something like that, 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 that does not sacrifice style for, um, for the genre. Cause frequently with thrillers, one of my main complaints is that they're, they're just boring to watch. Um, you know, even if the story is compelling, even if the the acting is good, usually it's just you know it, visually pretty boring. But I That's thought this funny was because, fantastic because because thrillers are not supposed to bore you; they're supposed to keep you at the edge of your seat. Well, I no. mean, it, it, when I say visually boring, it's not for lack of special effects; it's not for lack of action; it's mm-hmm. for lack of something that is cinematic in scope it doesn't you know feel mm-hmm. like a great film you know right uh, um thrillers but, don't most of the time it, it's it you know they they cut out the art just to to um you know assuming that just that that it just relies too heavily on the action and the uh and the special effects where whereas with haywire or going back with something like to catch a thief, it, you know, the action sequences are cinematically impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can almost say that it kind of started this whole new, I don't think it did, but maybe it might have, you know, it's like the, I think John Wick probably did more, but, there seems to be this leaning towards um, like extended action sequences that feel real and visceral. Um, like Keanu Reeves, you know, doing John Wick, like these extended, long Gonzo fist fights and like karate fights and yeah, um, yeah, and, and I, that, I like the John Wick. I, I haven't seen the third yeah. one yet, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely n- mm-hmm. not boring. And Atomic Blonde is the, like Atomic Blonde. It's the same same type of thing. Um, I still need to see that one. Yeah, it's the act. I mean, the action sequences are why you're watching it. Um, I didn't care for the plot 
in any way whatsoever. Soundtrack's good because, I mean, it's 80s. Um, but, I mean, I like, I mean, it's these guys, I think, uh, Chad and I forget who the other guy's name is, but they're just, or he's just these stunt guys who are like, who just said one day I'm sick of, you know, I want to see these action sequences feel more real. And I think that's, I don't know if Haywire kind of started off, but I do, and it's been a while since I've seen Haywire, but I mean, Gina Carano is in Deadpool 2 and mm-hmm. Mandalorian. Um, at, or no, she's in the first Deadpool, uh, but she's in the Mandalorian. Never mind, forget that. <laughs> um, <laughs> scratch that. Um, but but the guys who directed, one of the guys who directed the Wick movies directed Deadpool 2. And mm. uh, I mean, you can, uh, it's just, I like, I like this type of, it's more of a 70s, I don't know, Burt Reynolds type thing than, you know, but just turned up to 11. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I just thought I... I thought it was a, it was a great film, and and the yeah. thing that you know that Soderbergh is so involved, you know, as director and you know DP too. He's you know he was the the cinematographer for it as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he just I I've always been a fan of his films, mm-hmm. but watching some more of them recently because there's a few I've missed along the way, and it's not that he hits it out of the park every time. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, the guy can make a fucking film. Yeah. Have you have you ever seen The Limey? Uh, I haven't seen The Limey. Okay. Uh, maybe when I'm done watching uh, Diner, uh, after, uh, I'll let you borrow my copy of The Limey and you can keep it for two years. <laughs> but I recommend you watch it sooner than that. Um, but it's... Um, it's very um it you've seen out of sight though, right? Yes. It kinda takes yes, what have I? I think we ha- I think we've had a very long discussion about out of sight on this podcast. Um before. Uh, at least I hope we have We have because... had a long discussion about it, but I think it came down on the side of I haven't seen it. Cause didn't you say that that um Oh yeah, because you haven't seen okay. Because I because I haven't seen uh, uh, Albert Brooks in it, right? Okay, that's right. But um, so I need to see that one. But that's another Soderbergh yeah, film. Yeah, I would recommend seeing Off Sight first, um, because then you can see how he took what he did in Off Sight and he kind of turned it up to eleven, played it with it more in the limey. Plus, Terrence Stamp uh, is oh, just, and yeah, I mean, it's Terrence Stamp. Yeah, Terrence it's clear, Stamp like, is the fucking fucking man. <laughs> exactly, he and and he is in this anyway. But speaking of, uh, uh, we could talk about the over of of Steven, Steven Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Um, it's yeah. Do, do you want to get into a good the, place? <laughs> that's not what the people are here for, Jared. You want to do... hear about my fake Paul Reiser account? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, you want to do the good segue. And and they want to hear about the good place, so that's the good segue. There we go. Uh, so see what I did there. We're we're starting off with part two of a girl from Arizona, um, mm-hmm. 
it's it's continuing on. We we know where we left off. Uh, the judge uh, decided to uh, uh, add Chidi to the gang, um, and so we, we've got our we're back to the uh, back to the board here. Um, but so so the gist of the episode because we're going to do this a little differently, um, you know, with mm. with the uh, hitting specific scenes. So the the overarching, you know, summary of this episode, though, is that, um, you know, Eleanor faces, uh, you know, continued, you know, struggles with whether or not she's she's able to to do this, uh, to to be the leader, to to uh, you know, essentially be the new Michael, uh, and to help save humanity, uh, and and really. Uh, you know, heavily contributing to uh, the the issues she's already having with um, with Chidi joining the group and and her having to to get uh, Chidi and Simone together, uh, which she doesn't want to do for obvious reasons, uh, is the is the Brent problem, and this is definitely a very Brent centric episode, uh, as we're mm-hmm. as we're about to see. And uh, and hilarity ensues, as they say. Okay, let's focus on Brent. Born on third base, thinks he invented the game of baseball. Guys like this believe that the world revolves around them, because it kind of does. If we could get him to listen to anyone else, he'd hear how much better they are than he was, which might make him realize that he doesn't belong here. And also, bonus, maybe he cries like a stupid little baby. <laughs> She says he's born on third, thinks he invented baseball, which uh, yeah. is, of course, a play on the uh, born on third, <laughs> thinks he hit a triple. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's the um, it's making fun of his sense of entitlement that I, um, I quite enjoyed. Okay. It's one of the few times that the show feels relevant. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's there's plenty of relevancy in here. I, I As I recall, what, doing my binge, um, mm-hmm. there's there's a, an episode in season three where, where Jason talks about, uh, where he makes a remark that's very obviously about... Um, the the Trump administration uh, uh, and and uh, what they did with uh, with uh, in, uh, the wall, yeah, yeah. No, I I mean it's one of the few times where this show was. It's one of these few moments in the show where like what is happening in the world kind of seeps into the show a little bit more. Like it feels real and relevant. Um, it's, and it's funny. It's good satire. It's just, I, it's one of those moments where I, I know exactly what she's talking about. And she's talking about white males in charge and <laughs> the sense of entitlement that comes with it. Yeah. And it, uh, yeah. It, it feels too real. 
Well, this episode is definitely, very definitely commenting on uh, Mm -hmm. a toxic masculinity and uh, white male entitlement. Yeah. I mean, and maybe it's because we're like less than a month away from election day vote. (laughs) Um, By the way, Um, I'm just kind of feeling it more. Um, But yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, as I said a couple of times already, it's just very, it's one of the more relevant jokes that. It's one of those laughs that that hurts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. Thank you, Wanda. What a life. Now we turn to our next guest, Chidi Anagonye. But Chidi, you led an impressive life as an academic. Uh, well, uh, not save an entire species impressive, but uh, yes, I was a professor of ethical and moral philosophy. I'm sorry. Literally every duck? You saved every duck? In essence, yes. And I didn't mention this before, I really don't like to brag, but also, horses. What? I mean, mean, compared to you, I feel a little inadequate. Hey, hey, Mikey, can I I ask you something? I feel bad for making Janet's life more chaotic and unpredictable, so here's my idea to make it up to her. Me? And a hundred Janet babies do a giant flash mob, just total unpredictable chaos all around her. Great idea. All right, the, the Jason. I, I let him play because the Jason thing is funny, but uh, it's. So, do you know what the uh, that was your life is is referencing? Yeah, it would be the. It would be a hot take on the show. This is your life. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't sure how many people would know that. But yeah, it's uh, it, which was basically uh, like the earliest version of punked, or uh, like a, a reality a reality TV show. It's basically. Um, well, I actually did a little research on it. It was. Uh, <laughs> um, originally started on radio. It was on radio from forty eight to fifty two. And on TV from 52 to 61. Um, and apparently it was uh, something that, that pissed off uh, Stan Laurel because they, they did it to, uh, to Laurel and Hardy. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Stan Laurel was, was pissed because he had, always, he had intended for Laurel and Hardy to, um, to, uh, to make an attempt at television. And uh, he was upset that their debut was squandered on this this uh, TV show, uh, where they were surprised and it was unscripted for for their part. They couldn't do any of their any of their bits. Um, and uh, but yeah, it was a, a whole thing where basically they said uh, they would kind of surprise somebody with this saying, this is your life. And it was like a documentary kind of thing. And usually, you know, like the person's spouse was in on it or something like that. Um, yeah. And they set it up. There was uh there was one in there about, um, they did the show for a doctor in some rural area and they, 
who was trying to raise, uh, um, was doing like a, a, a drive for a million pennies to help people cover their medical costs for something. Mm-hmm. And then after being on that show, people sent in uh, over $100,000. And this is in the 50s, so it's not, not nothing. Uh, over $100,000 in pennies. Right. So can you imagine the uh, the person the re- receiving over $100,000 in pennies? And it's being like, <laughs> if it were me, I would not be able to focus on the positive of of uh receiving a hundred thousand dollars i would focus on the dickishness of everyone sending it to me in pennies like come on you couldn't just send a check you had to send the pennies (laughs) and you know it's the 50s so there's no coin star (laughs) no and uh there was no coin shortage but a penny you know lasted well, further, you could buy penny candy with a penny. Which back always in those days, which always reminds me yeah. of The Simpsons, where you, I think it's the one where they go into use. They go into use the restroom. I think it's in the Quickie Mart, and mm-hmm. he says you have to buy something to use the the restroom. He says, "Okay, how much is mm-hmm. your how much is your penny candy?" He says, "Surprisingly <laughs> expensive." <laughs> <laughs> you get ten of those pennies. You can go. You can go to the Woolworths and buy yourself a new pair of shorts. <laughs> in the fifties, back in the day. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you very much. Thank you. Sure, I'm pretty interesting. I grew up in Chicago, a suburb, obviously. I went to Princeton University. No handouts, by the way. I earned my spot there, just like my father and his father before him. I then inherited the family business. And in just 18 (laughs) years, I grew Norwalk materials from a $90 million company to a $94 million company. One second. Hey, Janet. Hi there. Uh, Perrier. Why don't you tell us about a time when things didn't come so easy to you? Look, I've had my share of disappointments. I smartly bought Netflix stock at $38 a share, but I couldn't cash it in before I died. So all that money is going to my dumb kid. But you have to press on, right? In the words of Martin Luther King Jr., who I personally believe was a great man, he said that when life knocks you on your butt, you jump back up and start throwing haymakers. I'm not sure he said that. No, no, he did. You're wrong. For me, Eleanor, it's all about taking personal responsibility. I don't know if people do that. And if you ask me, That's what's wrong with this country. What country? This was fun, Eleanor, but I have a tea time. Daddy no golfie, daddy get cranky. So, Chad, duck lady, nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, this guy is the fucking worst. Oh Oh my gosh. He's unbearably off. I I cringed the whole time I was watching this. Just like, uh, it it went to my dumb kid. Um, The the um, guy is Donald Trump. Yeah, he, he, he's definitely the personification of uh, someone who uses Martin Luther King uh, and then quotes Muhammad Ali or, I don't know, his name called Muhammad Ali. When life gets you down, you start throwing haymakers. No, what country is this? Yeah. Uh, I'm um, sure that's not what he said. Something that also sure I had no... Yeah. Um, 
thing I also want to note, since you have it paused right here, um, here on 420, hey, <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're talking about going high on a jetpack. And there's a store called Jetpacks and such. Um, yes, there is. <laughs> yeah. And Brent here is driving to his tea time in a car. I just, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, go what by is it like an escalator or something? Yeah, yeah. Go by jetpack, dude. I mean, it's pretty cool. I Only see. if it's like James Bond's jetpack in Thunderbolt. Which is real, which was real. Yeah. Yeah, that was a real thing. Um, I mean, um, let me ask you something just because uh, talking about things full of hot air. Uh, <laughs> would you um, would you ride in a hot air balloon? I, I don't see why not. Um, okay. It's not something I've ever done before. Have you been in a hot air balloon? No, but um, I was talking to uh, a gentleman this week who is the owner of the largest hot air balloon company in the country. Um, and I know it, I asked him like how he navigates and like he doesn't, he can only go up and down. <laughs> like, <laughs> that freaks me out. <laughs> he he literally goes where the wind takes him. And I got to tell you, Jared, that freaks me out. <laughs> well, yeah, I, there are a number of issues that I would have with a hot air balloon, which is why I would do it. Yeah. But one is, is uh, the heights thing. Uh, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the heights. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is that you're in a fucking basket that's just attached to this... You know, a a balloon. Like what? What? I mean, I'm I'm sure it's you know. Obviously, there are balloon flights all the time, but it does not seem like the safest way to travel. What if like an angry bird just pecks the shit out of the the balloon material? That doesn't scare me so much. I guess unless there's like a flock of them, like a flock of seagulls, as it were. As it were, I mean. (laughs) If that happens, I'm going to run. I'm going to run so, so far, far away. away. Yes. Yeah. But not before I take a photograph of them first. <laughs> but, but yeah. Because I, mean, I wish so, I'll have. I would, I, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the fact that I have so many reservations and, and uh, uh, you know, fears involved in getting in a hot air balloon are the exact reasons that I would go ahead and do it because that's what I do now. I I see something yeah. that looks daunting that I don't think I would do in a million years and I say fuck it and I do it because life is short. Right. I mean Yeah, I mean just let's just do it. Let's do it, Jared. Let's go on a high air balloon. Damn it. Uh, since we can't carry a jetpack, um Props to the Rocketeer, by the way. Um, <laughs> let's go on a higher balloon. Another James Bond connection with Timothy Dalton. Oh, yeah. Um, what movie was it? The Rocketeer. Didn't what you just say the Rocketeer? 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Timothy Dalton. Uh, I. Well, this is embarrassing for you. <laughs> you often forget that um, classic film with uh, with with Billy Campbell and and Timothy Dalton and a young um, Jennifer Connelly. Yep, thank you. Yeah. But you see, do you know who else is in that movie? Alan Arkin. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When's the Spark last time guy. you saw The Rocketeer? Uh, it was as soon as I got Disney Plus because I had to watch Is it. Is it on Disney Plus? <laughs> it's on I'm Disney totally Plus. I'm totally watching that this weekend. I, I haven't seen The Rocketeer yeah. since I was a kid. Seriously, the, there are three movies. Um, we're going to cut to our second. Um, what the fuck, Disney? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's been a while since... Since uh, since <laughs> since we've gone with that one, yeah. Um, but a so perennial a, favorite, a divergent, perennial favorite from our. I believe it's Hey Disney, what the fuck? Hey Disney, what the fuck? So Hey Disney, what the fuck? You, um, you need to have um, Dick Tracy. They're technically not a Disney film. Let's. Um, uh, I think we need to have it, that. Wasn't it? Uh, uh, it was a, a, a Disney subsidiary, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So Disney, like, it's it's a Touchstone movie. Um, I think Disney was going to release it, but then you put Madonna in your movie, suddenly it ain't so family-friendly. Um, um, starring also your friend of mine, Mandy Patinkin. Right. Uh, friend who's, of the podcast. Who, who's... Uh, 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 <laughs> political videos with his wife i find utterly delightful oh yes he's um he's a gosh darn delight he is like the um he's like the cool grandfather i wish i had like one who knows enough about twitter to be dangerous but still <laughs> uh <laughs> but still you know needs to learn a little bit about it. uh i think someone asked him about I think it was his wife or something asked him about uh, the song um, uh, WAP. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he, uh, no, his son posted the video. And I think it, he posted it on his Twitter account, but they asked him about WAP, which I won't spoil it, you know, for, you know, adult listeners, but. Um, it's it's what you think it is, <laughs> what you means. But he, um, him and his wife thought it was not. It was something to do with the Democratic Party or something political <laughs> about about women being in charge or something. <laughs> in a way, all, which it is. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it, it was. Um, I I I love the. Um, just edgy enough to be, um, to be like on, you know, uh, Fox, <laughs> but definitely not, you know, uh, definitely not one I want to be watching Samex with on a Friday night, <laughs> you know. Anyway, so yeah, so but Dick so, Tracy, anyways. if if the if there if it's not if Disney Plus isn't going to show it, then I I say you know finally release the rights to Warren Beatty to make the sequel, the long-awaited follow-up. Well, 
Yeah, well, that's the thing is that I think I think it's also tangled up in everything that uh, the Wikipedia entry on Dick Tracy, the movie, and the rights and how Warren Beatty still holds on to those um, for some reason. Well, but he doesn't uh, have he doesn't, fascinating. He um, he doesn't have enough of the rights to make the sequel because he's been wanting to do that for a long time. Yeah, I think he still would if he could, um, yeah. or if you want to. But um, it's still pretty fascinating. Like he, so like he no, he's actually still holding on to them. Um, like they ha- and there's it. I won't bore you with the details. Just I would recommend if you're interested in why you see him or Dick Tracy, learn Malton is involved um, in some weird way. Um, yeah. There's just, like, trust me. I haven't seen it, but isn't there something out there where Malton interviews Beatty as Dick Tracy? Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's bizarre. It's, it's crazy. I've seen it. It's crazy. Um, What's the other Kate, film? Okay, so they need to add Dick Tracy. Um, they need to um, add something with Good Display Comes. Oh, yeah. And, oh, man. I uh, fucking love that movie. Yeah, I think I think that's what made us best friends. <laughs> I know we've talked about it before. Uh, no, yeah, J- no. Jason Robards, yeah. fucking brilliant in it. Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, Watcher in the Woods uh, uh, with Bay Davis and uh, uh, Lynn Holly Johnson from For Your Eyes Only uh, in Ice Castles. Um, just when Disney was kind of getting into horror, trying to be relevant, uh, a little more adult. Um, yeah, these aren't there, but they they have the Aristocats for some reason. Uh, <laughs> they have every Disney Channel movie ever made, uh, but they don't have... I don't know. It's, it's a small ask. I mean, I'm too busy watching like Marvel movies to care, you know, or to care, enough to care, so it's perfectly But fine. it's enough to say, hey, Disney, what the fuck? What the fuck? So... Anyway, uh, we have been Disney Mandy Patinkin Corner for too long. Let's <laughs> press on. Let's get into an Escalade. Thank you all very much. You were great. A car. He got a car? Okay, well, back to the drawing board. If we want him to understand he doesn't belong here, we don't need a drawing board. We need to bust him open like a pinata. We tried that in the bad place. The goo that comes out doesn't taste as good as candy. No, dude, metaphorically. Although, there is another bad play strategy that might work very well here. (laughs) I don't know if that's the right move. It's our only move. And we're doing it tomorrow. So what they do, of course, is the Brent version of of, uh, Eleanor's... um, Second day in the good place, uh, which was the flying shrimp and the frogs and everybody in the uh, in the blue and yellow pajamas. Uh, except yeah. in in this case, it's 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 the Princeton mascot 
giant sized. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You've you've got your your Escalades uh, blowing orange exhaust. Uh, I don't know where that access mm-hmm. came from. Orange exhaust uh, from you know all over the place, and you've got the the rain cloud of Perrier that rains just over Brent. So I got to tell you something that I wrote. Um, and now I, I get the joke, but, um, I, I, I said, uh, I wrote is, um, is playing the band Chicago considered part of the torture? Because <laughs> 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 they're playing 25 or 64. Um, and, and I realized that the joke is, is that, um, he's from Chicago so why not play the song? A song well, okay. So what are what are Chicago? your opinions on Chicago? They fall under yacht rock, right? I guess they fall under yacht rock. I, they don't bother me. They're they're um, I know they were um, Chicago was um, a staple of my childhood. Um, I mean, you can't go wrong with Pierce and Tara and the. You know, well, who's the, responsible the cool for ballads. for the uh, for the love song theme from Karate Kid, right? Karate Kid Part Two, my friend. Was oh, it Part Two? Excuse me. For part not. Two. So no, no, it's it's okay. It's a common mistake. <laughs> so, um, which, uh, um, but no, I, they're Chicago's fine. The, um, I I have no problem with Chicago the city at all. And I don't have any problem with Chicago the band. Um, I like Chicago if, the city. I'm not. I, I'm not such a fan of Chicago the band. Um, hey. It's. It's just. I don't. They just don't do anything for me. It. It's. Meh. I mean, they're no Steely Dan. Well, let's just face it. They're not. They're not. But yeah. But you know, if they, if they're playing on, I don't even know if they even play on the radio anymore. But if they were. I probably wouldn't change the channel. So, <laughs> all right. You know, um, speaking of yacht rock, you know who, um, the the Doobie Brothers. I, it's amazing how much I love those guys. We've I, had this discussion. I, I have we have we because I've dissed Michael McDonald before, who I can't stand. Well, I mean, I think it's it's okay. I guess I think it's fashionable to diss Michael McDonald because of the four year old virgin. But I'm not dissing Michael McDonald because it's before, fashionable. I'm dissing Michael Donald because I think he sucks. <laughs> you take that back, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so queer. I mean, I mean, it's okay. I, I but um, I mean. <sighs> His duet with Patti LaBelle and the A's. I, I mean, he's just, he's the vocal equivalent of hot chocolate, man. It's just <laughs> smooth. With or without marshmallows. <sighs> um, probably without, because sometimes the marshmallows get stuck in my throat. <laughs> oh, so that sounds terrible. It sounds traumatic. Yeah, and I don't want any trauma when I listen to Michael McDonald. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that is apt then, because I find he gets stuck. <laughs> like, okay, 
<laughs> but you know, like, but Michael McDonald sings back up on many a Steely Dan track. I know, I know. That's why we had the discussion because I, you know, because I do like, I do like the Dan. Mm-hmm. But and but I, I guess. Him, like the him with the Doobie, like just with the Doobie Brothers. I just it's there's not like there's really nothing. They form just this amazing band that it's just like like you don't even again. It's like Chicago. Like I'm not going to change the channel. I'm going to sing along. I can just, respect the game and hate the player. Yeah, it's that's fine. you know it's. Because, you know, fucking What a Fool Believes is is everywhere. It's, you know. Oh, such a good song. (laughs) Oh, that is probably my favorite. uh, Probably my second or or number one favorite Doobie Brothers song. Uh, It's just so good. Uh, It's got soul, man. It's got soul. Do you have soul, Jared? <laughs> Depends what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm the girl on uh, High Fidelity. You guys got soul. That all depends. <laughs> depends. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was shooting for. Um. Anyway, carry on. Well, I do. This chaos is clearly all about me. This is the universe telling me that I don't belong here. Brent, what do you mean? I don't belong in the good place. I mean, obviously, there's a place better than this. I belong there, in the best place. (laughs) Yeah, that killed me. Clearly, there must be someplace better, and that's where I belong. Yes. The good place is not good enough. I belong in the best place. Just the sheer hubris of this guy, it's mm-hmm. uh, and lack of humility. It, it's uh, absolutely fucking nuts. Oh, um, yeah. But, I mean, but there are definitely people like that. It's It's... Oh, I forgot to bring up earlier in the in the that was your life segment. Did you notice yeah. the man wears boat shoes without socks? That should be immediate qualification for going to the bad place. No, you don't know that. I have um I own a pair of boat shoes. Do you wear them without uh, socks? Uh, no, I have um no, I have a pair of socks that goes with them that you don't see. I, I, well, okay, so, all right, okay, maybe I'll back off. Uh, I'll tone it down just a little bit. Maybe he's wearing socks I can't see, but he strikes me as a person who would wear boat shoes or loafers without socks. I mean, it must hurt. <laughs> um, the calluses on his feet must be awful. But it's, it's the, the epitome case. of douchiness. Yeah. I I have a friend who runs without socks um, on purpose. Um, and Does he wear those freaky shoes that 
like the feet shoes? No, no, no. He wears like he doesn't like socks. Period. When he's not, but like he'll, he'll Either not. The guy doesn't run have any them. sweat glands on his feet, or his his sneakers are just getting that. Ugh. Ah. I I just don't. Yeah, I, I'm disgusted I've, right now. I've asked him about it many times, and this is like one of my best friends. I'm like going, dude, and even like when we we used to work together, and he would come to work in his chucks without socks. I'm like, are you gonna put shoes on? And he, like socks on? He's like, I don't like them. Like, that's. <laughs> do you not like comfort? Do you just like making things difficult for yourself? Are are you a glutton for punishment? Uh, and apparently, I don't know, but, but yeah, I, he's run and he'll, we, we used to run all the time and he ran five K's like, I'm surprised like his feet didn't bleed or he loses a toenail, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, sir. <laughs> oh, so this made me think, um, I know we've been comparing Brent very heavily to uh, to the the uh, abomination in chief, um, but Brent is 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 Sean, you know as as he's he's the guy you know to to, to quote Sean he chose the form of a forty five year old white man because he can only fail up. Yeah, you know this is. <laughs> This is definitely the embodiment of that—that that guy who fully <laughs> believes that. Um, yeah, just the absolute sense of entitlement. Um, yeah, just fucking hate this guy. All right, so but it's another failure on Eleanor's part, and uh, and so the gang meets without Eleanor and, and gives them shit. And I want to talk about the scene where, where she comes into it. Um, I mean, that's, that's really the worst feeling though. If like the idea, you know, I mean, has, has that ever actually happened to you? Like there'll be a group of friends that are talking about you and you walk in on it. Um, no, that has not happened to me. To my knowledge, <laughs> um, that's just the not, most awful thing. I think. Yeah, especially when you're like going through so much already. Yeah, I'm, well, and it's it, clear. Yeah, the, the the I don't know. I I think it's it's a it's it's awful. The whole like kind of backstabbiness of it and um you know so i i and again maybe maybe it's it just maybe i'm overreacting to it maybe there needs to be a conversation that's had before the conversation happens you know how yeah. how do you kind of have an intervention without talking about having the intervention i get that but mm. it's still i yeah. mean seriously got to be the worst feeling to walk in on. I wrote something too at the, at the end when well, I, I, is... 
This is a very pivotal scene. We're going to yeah. play it. We should at least discuss pursuing a change in leadership. Yeah, definitely. Let's pursue it. Oh, hey, Ellen Marie, we're just talking about how maybe you shouldn't be team leader. I saved it. Go ahead, guys. Go look up Jan. Your mind. It is impersonal, <laughs> Eleanor. When we started this experiment, I calculated a 9% chance of success. After your first three days on the job, it's down to 7.1%. So purely from a mathematical standpoint, you are kind of pooching it. Very helpful feedback. And if I could give you some feedback, uh, I'd say that you're all ungrateful ash faces who can shove your fat grumps all the way up your snork box. Which curses were those? I didn't ask for this. I'm only doing it because Michael, who is supposed to be in charge, had a nervous breakdown the second it started. But maybe you can do it better than me. Tahani can be in charge, since she's so smart. Or better yet, Jason, maybe all of humanity can be saved with one good old-fashioned Jacksonville carnival. I mean, we could try. All I need is a bouncy house, some ninja stars, and a bunch of ambulances. Well, good luck, fork faces. I quit. <laughs> Shells drop out. Okay. He, she forgot the Molotov cocktail. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, he forgot the Molotov cocktail. But the uh, bouncy houses, the ninja stars, and a bunch of ambulances. Uh, you got to wonder what's going on with that. Um, I find it interesting. Do you think that that Janet's ability to almost curse is um, when she's saying pooching it? Uh, do you think that's <laughs> a result of how many times she's been rebooted? Yeah. I think so, because I've never heard, um, I'll be perfectly honest, uh, I never heard the expression pooching it uh, until I watched this. Uh, I thought it was a fun way to say that. It's it's obviously, mm-hmm. you know, screwing the pooch. Um, yeah. You know, but put that way. And, and so I wrote down word for word Eleanor's uh, great burn, uh, because she, cause she says it so fast, and... It's you're all ungrateful ash faces who can shove your fat grumps all the way up your snork box. Yeah, I believe that's what you called me this morning. Or this or, morning? Or, Is that how long we've been gone? <laughs> well, <laughs> it does seem like we started quite a bit ago, thanks to all the uh, kerfuffle. Um, yeah. To which Michael says, which curses were those? <laughs> okay, so a couple of things here. That delivery is amazing. I wonder how many takes they had to do. Yeah. Of saying fat grumps, you know, shove your fat grumps up your snork box. Um, And which curses were those? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, what is a fat grump? What's a snork um, box? It sounds like cursing via Dr. Seuss. Yeah, it definitely sounds like saying that Shel Silverstein would write um, in the unrated version of Where the Sidewalk Ends. <laughs> where, do, where does the sidewalk end? I don't know. Why don't you shove your fat grumps up your <laughs> snort box? <laughs> uh, Sylvia Snout did not want to take the garbage out, so she put it in uh, her neighbor's snork box. And shoved it up her arch face. <laughs> um, so what? I mean, 
Well, I was I was picturing the Lorax saying something like, you know, standing on his the truffle tree stump and telling the manufacturing guy uh, to shove the fat grumps up his snork box. Um, but if you would hazard a guess, what's a fat grump and what's a snork box? Well, let's think of a euphemism for a grump. I mean, well, and so it con- it's complicated by the fact that all of the swearing in the good place, thus far at least, has been um, a modified version that sounds the same as the original word. So, fuck is fork, uh, ass is ash, um, bench, etc. So, what's a grump? Uh, shit. I don't, I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good answer for grump or snork box. I want to know if there is one, though. So I'm putting this out um, well, to our listeners yeah. who will not respond. <laughs> yes. What the fork is a fat grump and what is a snork box? And where is it? Because clearly the snork box is on someone. As is the fat grump, because she says mm. you can shove your fat grumps up your snork box. I feel like snork box would be a euphemism for a female body part. Um, I don't know. Do you think Eleanor rolls that way? Uh, well, I mean, I think she was talking to Tahani at the time. But she says you can all oh. shove your fat grumps, plural. Up your snork. No, box. but snork box. Um, I don't know. Fat grump. Uh, I don't know. I. I, I it's one of the great to... mysteries of the ages. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> um. So at what the fork pod on on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, what the fork pod at gmail dot com. Yeah. What is a fat grump, and what is a snork box? I'm Googling snork box right now. I, I, <laughs> you're a braver man than I. Oh, here we go. We have something. Um, Is it Wikipedia saying it's me. referenced on The Good Place? Um, oh, you're not the only person who's asked um, question, uh, what does your snork box mean? Uh, of course, it sounds like something from The Good Place. Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's out there. We're posing yeah, it. So, mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. Um, snork, according to the Urban Dictionary, uh, is to drink something and have it come out of your nose because you're laughing so hard. A total fine joke while she was drinking a soda and she snorked. Uh, and I killed her for wasting good soda. So your snork box could be referring to as your nose. But. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that's uh, that, that's inappropriate enough. So, all right. But shall we hear Michael and, uh, and Eleanor's heart to heart? Yeah. Thank you. 
get it all out of your system, you gotta come back, get to work. No, man, I meant what I said. I quit. I'm sorry you overheard that, and they're sorry they said it. But you don't just get to quit this, Eleanor. This is not your seventh grade band or three hours into a two-week juice cleanse. A little more at stake here. <laughs> yeah, man, that's why I'm quitting. The things that are happening here are above my pay grade. How do I get Brent to stop being such a deckhead? How do I fix Simone when she's convinced all of this is happening inside of her brain? Ooh, maybe I should drive her into the arms of my ex-boyfriend. That sounds fun. What do I do about John the Gossip King or the demon spy who punched me in the face? And how do I do it all with a pleasant smile to keep everyone's spirits up? I'm not meant for this. I'm not the freaking savior of the universe. I'm just a girl from Arizona. That's it. I'm just a normal girl from Arizona. I ate junk food. I watched reality shows. I sometimes left H&M wearing more underpants than I had on when I came in. I did a bad job of being in charge of my own life, and now I'm supposed to be in charge of everyone else's life? I... I cannot do this. When I started my experiment, I thought four broken bird brains who will believe everything I tell them. This will be a breeze. You beat me in three months. Okay, fine, I thought. A fluke. You then beat me 800 more times. Because human beings, it turns out, are weird. And I will never truly understand what it's like to be one. This is a job for a human. One who's tough, but also empathetic, and has a big heart and a world-class bullshit detector. You think you can't <laughs> do this? Eleanor, you're the only one who can do this. Like it or not, the only one who can save humanity is a girl from Arizona. But everything I do blows up in my face. I'm like a hot, blonde, wily coyote. That's true. About you making lots of mistakes, not the thing where you sexualize the cartoon. Come on, you know how this works. You fail and then you try something else. And you fail again and again. And you fail a thousand times and you keep trying because maybe the thousand and first idea might work. Now. I'm gonna go and try to find our thousand and first idea. I hope you'll join me. I hope you shower first and then join me. So we did skip over the part where at the very beginning of their of the uh, of the conversation before Eleanor gets there, um, Michael says, is it you know, um, is it that she hasn't been showering because she's been super busy? I'm sure she's getting around to it. And yeah. it says, well, it's not that. Well, it's not not that. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, one, of the, but, uh, one, one of the great speeches in this series, though, 
Yeah, this one um, got me in the feels pretty good. Yeah. Um, just because I'm still waiting for my thousand first attempt for something to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote, um, I think I wrote down that uh, I, I, this is one of those moments where I've ever been, that I've, I, I relate to Eleanor, of course, the most, but it's one of the ones where I just, it's a very real moment in this absurd show. Oh yeah. Um, except for except for the part part where I, you know, where she sexualizes the cartoon. <laughs> Which, just, as as only just, she could. I'm a I'm a hot blonde wily coyote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit blows up in my face all the time. Whether it be, uh, um, you know, jobs, you know, other things. The only thing that doesn't blow up is podcasting for some reason. So apparently, this is my calling. Um, despite my, <laughs> which is why despite we my could, voice, which is why we could use your support. Crush yeah. that donate button. Uh, <laughs> yeah, crush that donate button. Give me a sense of purpose. Anyway, <laughs> I I um, was I was thinking this this is something that at the at the end of this speech when I was watching it for the third or fourth time, it's mm-hmm. like it's the one that made me made me wish that Ted Danson was my dad. Oh, um, by the way, I think I may have gone a little step closer. If you're done, I, I have, um, I may have gone a step closer to an answer to your previous question. Yeah, go for it. Uh, oh, wait, Snork I take Box. that back because I'm not yet done praising Ted Danson. So that was just, okay. for that to work, in, in the wrong hands, that speech becomes total schlocky bullshit. Mm-hmm. Just it's it, it's 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 pure you know sh- sugar syrupy uh, you know uh, you got this speech. In in I in, think um it in Ted Danson's overly capable acting hands that that is it, it it's seriously you don't get that kind of thing in a in a in a sitcom normally. It's it's. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. I mean, if Michael Shore had thought, you know, I could get Paul Reiser for this. Oh, Jesus Christ. It, it, I mean, it could work, but not to the degree that Ted Danson, Ted Danson's your, um, is your, uh, he's your Mookie Betts, man. He's your, um, he's your Robert Redford at the end of the natural. <laughs> I, I would just I, I would go so far as to say you know in in uh, uh, in all seriousness that I think he delivers Ted Danson delivers that speech better than uh, than somebody who I would usually say is the master at it and that is. Um, is is uh, uh, Ron Swanson? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, agreed. So, um, but now I'm just riffing off of that. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think there are strong parallels between some characters in this show and in uh, Parks and Rec? I mean, because in, in many um, ways. Michael is is kind of like the Ron Swanson. Eleanor mm-hmm. is kind of like the uh kind of like the um 
you know, that character. God damn it. Leslie Nope. No, I, I don't think Eleanor is a Leslie Nope. I think she's the April Ludgate. You think so? Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. She is the April Ludgate trying to become the Leslie Nope. Uh, I might or she's come being to that. She, she on Earth, she was April in the good place. I mean, she's trying to become Leslie. I, I, I get a strong Leslie vibe here. This is the speech that Ron Swanson would give to Leslie when she's um, when she's doubting herself. Right. I mean, I'm, like I said, she's she's in April trying to become a Leslie. Like she's like April, brilliantly played by um, Aubrey Plaza. Uh, my by Aubrey Plaza, who I, I do not have a crush on. Uh, I do. Um, <laughs> Uh, narrator, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and he, um, like on Earth, I, Aubrey would, I, I, April Ludgate would definitely be the type to, um, Gail, Lonely Girl, Margarita Mix, and yell silly things at uh, whoever would listen. Um, yeah, I, I think on oh, antisocial, antisocial and gets into shenanigans legal or not, you know, or, or illegal. Yeah, but but um, uh, April's, April's motivations are usually good underneath and mm-hmm. and Eleanor's on Earth were not so much. Right. But to a degree, yeah, and then but I think in the good place, she realizes she's been April and she wants to be a Leslie. Mm. So, um, Michael, sure, if you're listening, could you please reach out to us for confirmation uh, of my <laughs> of this, please? And yeah, definitely, Jason. You know, we can we can we can uh, invite you onto the Zoom and uh, yeah. and discuss this this wonderful show. Mm-hmm. All right, and but- obvi- obviously, Jason is um, uh, what's his name? Tom. Tom. No, not Tom Hevelford. Uh, Chris Pratt's character. Oh, you think you think Jason is uh, is uh, um, Andy? Lovable doofus who. Uh, who gets into trouble, but yet manages to somehow save the day. Okay. All right. That's Andy DeWire. Uh, yeah. So. All right. And also it was magically ripped uh, in later seasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll side with you on that. Um, um, before we continue, though, before I forget, I may have gone us one step closer to your answer uh, to, to your question from the previous segment. Um, a snork box could be an obscure reference to the um, 1980s cartoon show, The Snorks. Yes, I'm, f- I'm familiar with that. The, those are the guys who, old, who always say snork, snork. Right. And, um, you know, here on Wikipedia, you know, 
reabsorbing my childhood. Um, when a snork becomes excited, their tube that they have on the top of their head makes a snork sound. <laughs> so. Dude, 80s cartoons. I, I was listening to the How Did This Get Made discussion of the Smurfs. <laughs> and I, I haven't seen the film, but it, it did take me back because I watched the Smurfs as a kid. And it's just like some of those cartoons were, you know, if I see them as an adult, they were so fucking bizarre. Occasionally we'll watch like uh, old Tiny Toons adventures and stuff. Um, with fucking Tiny Toons. Yeah. And it amazes me how adult that show is. The jokes just kind of go over. So. Um, go over Beckett's head. I, I just, uh, tonight I, f- I finished watching Bunheads. Yeah. Um, and in that show, there's a great dance scene to uh, Istanbul was Constantinople. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a brilliant scene. But when I watched it, all I could think of was the They Might Be Giants uh, medley in Tiny Toons. Because they right, do right. Istanbul was Constantinople and they do Triangle Man. Um, what, else did, what else did they do? Oh, Those are the only um, two I'm remembering off the top of my head. So for Tiny Toons, for TM, They Might Be Giants, it would be Istanbul, which isn't like theirs, but it's... You know, it's a cover, but they did. I think they did Particle Man at one point. Yeah. Um, Particle Man. I think I said Triangle Man, but I meant yeah. Particle Man. And then um, I know what you meant because uh, um, Triangle Man hates Particle Man. That's true. Um, but did they do Birdhouse? I, I think don't know if they did Birdhouse or not. Um, I'd like to revisit that show. That show was awesome, as was. Um, uh, Animaniacs, of course. Yep. You know, featuring Pinky and the Brain before they split off into mm-hmm. their own show. And uh, did you ever watch Freakazoid? Oh yeah, I did on occasion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was another another favorite. Um, you know what they should have had? I think they should have played your racist friend on. Uh, oh, <laughs> on Titans. That yeah. could have been the special episode of Tiny Tunes. Yeah. You play your racist friend. Yeah. That would have been a good one. I, I, I feel mind. like a hypocrite talking to you. To you and your racist friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quality. Anyway. And relevant again. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so. All right. So they hatched the plan. And they let Brent know that there is, in fact... A best place. Mm-hmm. There is a best place. I knew it. I knew it. The best place is reserved for a select upper echelon of good people. Sort of like a diamond elite VIP club of afterlife residents. I was diamond elite. I swear. One time I did shots with this pilot in the lounge, and the guy let me fly his helicopter. We know. That's how you died. Right. So, you'll all be evaluated. And then a very small group of the most morally upstanding residents get to go. Oh, I see. So it's like a good deeds contest? That's easy. I'm going to crush this. Oh, and hey, mum's the word, right? Why tip off my competition? Oops. 
Looks like you dropped your fork. Let me get that for you. Did you get that? The fork thing? Or should I start writing these down? You're good. We'll keep track. Great. Okay. So as mentioned, they tell him there's a best place. And this is where we learn how Brent died. He was in the Diamond Elite Club doing shots with the pilot who let him fly the helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) Guy, just fucking douche, man. Yeah, goes all back to high air balloons. (laughs) Total fucking asshat. Um, yeah, and well, and then this sets him on the path to 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 doing good deeds with an ulterior motive, which Michael reminds Eleanor is how. Oh, which no, I'm sorry. Eleanor reminds Michael that that's how she got started. That doing the good deeds to fool Hmm. them uh, led her to to you know, working with Chi yep. to actually become a good person. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, that they feel is set in motion. And, uh, and then we have, again, one of the sadder moments in the series of, of uh, Jason and Janet deciding they need to go ahead and take a break. What though? Jason, it already has. So why don't we just take a break until it's all finished? Also, I hate to pile on, but I feel like you have a right to know. The Jacksonville Jaguars cut Blake Bortles. He's not on the team anymore. I am genuinely sorry. (laughs) Poor fucking Jason. (laughs) He gets dumped and... He gets told that the Jacksonville Jaguars cut Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. And to make things worse, I think he went to the Eagles. <laughs> uh, the did, time, did he fill he in for Glenn Eagles. Fry? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> see how the non-sports guy took it and twisted it? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Oh no, he went to the Rams. That's uh, even worse. No, the Rams are actually were good that season. I, I, I think he got again, dude. I know sports. Heaven forbid. <laughs> <laughs> Any sports after 1989? Well, no, I take that back because I did watch the um, the uh, Lakers Bulls um, finals, which I think was in 1990 or 91. Um. I, I know I'm asking a lot of you here, um, but um, I think even as a non-sports fan, you might enjoy The Last Dance, um, which is the Michael Jordan 10-part documentary. Yeah, about, I do plan to watch that at some point, actually, because it, he was huge when I was a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole Bulls mythology, you know, all the, the Air Jordans, the ads with uh, Spike Lee and all that. Yeah, it gets all discussed. And it's funny is that um, it's as someone who was grew up in Detroit and was a hardcore Pistons fan when they went, won their back-to-back championships. With Isaiah um, Thomas. Yeah, with Isaiah Thomas. I didn't... Uh, um, see, if you want to talk 80s sports, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't see how I didn't see how the Pistons looked everywhere else outside of Michigan. <laughs> um, 
like god we were we were asshats <laughs> <laughs> um but um but I, I was still very proud of my team and but uh it was just really um really interesting to see uh how much Jordan despised Isaiah Thomas. Just despised him. I don't think he was super liked because I I remember that being a rivalry with Magic and and mm-hmm. Isaiah too. Yeah, I, I, they, um, but it's what's really interesting. Um, I, I I I heard Ethan Hawk talk about this a little bit too on Fresh Air for some reason. I don't know why I'm correlating it, but um, but it's really interesting to see how the most interesting part to me of that documentary is seeing how Jordan would psych himself up to get himself to the next level where he needed to be. Hmm. He would create rivalries in his head uh, just just to be like, just to get pushed the player, you know, push his teammates, piss off the other team. Just, it's amazing. Like um, being the best was never good enough for him. He had to go higher. Like it just, um, you could literally make successory memes anytime he's on camera, <laughs> like because uh, he's just a you know he's pre he knows he knows what to do to get himself to the next level. It's pretty amazing. Um, I think that's what ruined me most about that hmm. the whole thing. It's what kept me watching. It's like, who's he? Who's he? Who's he gonna hate now? Um, it's also, <laughs> I don't see how that's like that's a way to live. Um, but, but I mean, it seems like what Brent kind of thinks that way is like, I turned this ninety million dollar company to ninety four million. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better. Like Jordan, Jordan would be the one to think of. Michael Jordan in the last dance would definitely be the one to think of. Uh, the good place is all right, but I want to get to the best place. Like that's <laughs> right. I'm to go help Simone and Chidi. Oof! Why did I come up with this idea? This is gonna hurt real bad. I know, I know, but I think it's gonna work. Yeah, it's gonna suck for me. You sure, there's no other girl from Arizona who can do this. What about Emma Stone? She's from there. She's very capable. Remember her in Zombieland? And La La Land? What's with all her movies ending with land? You're stalling. Yep, heading out. We literally just had that discussion last week. I figured that's why you wanted to discuss that scene. Yeah. I I believe I brought that up. Emma Stone from Arizona. Um, Yeah. Though she doesn't say Phoenix specifically, but yeah. Um, Because she's technically from Scottsdale, is she not? Is she? I don't know. After we after oh. we decided that uh, Stevie Nicks was the pride of Phoenix. Well, yes, she is, and I don't know why she's yet to be mentioned. But uh, but to um, answer my question, last, yeah. Well, well, the good place yeah. hasn't mentioned her. Yeah. yeah. But to answer my question, yes, Emma Stone was born in Scottsdale, so she. Which, count. as you said in the last episode, Scottsdale never counts. <laughs> Scottsdale never counts. <laughs> 
And that's been part of our segment, Scott Still Never Counts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, uh, okay, I know I'm um, speaking of the Pride of Arizona being Stevie Nicks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm going to realize that um, this could be a tense discussion for some viewers. Who's your, uh, or for some listeners, not viewers, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, who's better, uh, Stevie Nicks or Christy McVie? Oh, Stevie Nicks. Okay. <laughs> it's no question, no contest as far as I'm concerned. Oh, oh, see, I feel the exact opposite of you. Really? <laughs> yeah. Song for song? Um, when, when, you, when you consider, you know, like Gypsy and Landslide, Rhiannon. I, but um, the songs that McVie does on Tusk, for one, well, shoot. I don't know. I just, I relate to McVie more. I think I, um, I, I don't want to go through song by song here, but, um, bear with me for a moment. Uh, I mean, you're not wrong, dude. It's just, I'm, <laughs> I like how you're, you're, you're looking for ways to defend your point while saying I'm not wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> You make love and fun. That's a that's a McVie joint. I, I'm not uh, saying that McVie's tunes aren't great. I mean, she's also uh, uh, Little Lies. You know, Tama Tama Lies. Yeah. <laughs> which um, which of course you know, uh, Lindsey Buckingham takes the high harmonies on. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, Don't Stop is her is hers. I I just. Um, um, and then, like on Tusk, there's a song called um, "Never Make Me Cry," that's obviously about like I can only assume is about John uh, sleeping with other women while she's left behind. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's just something about that song that just breaks my heart a little bit. Um, She's definitely good at at the uh, juxtaposition of the upbeat pop tune with the with the fucked up lyric. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just um, I don't like. And don't get me wrong, I don't dislike Nick's at all. Um, I don't. I definitely um, I'm feel about um, her solo career as I feel about Chicago, I, the, the the band. Um, I don't turn off when it comes on the radio, but I'm not. The only thing, like, the only things I can recall from Stevie Nicks's solo career are her duets with Don Henley and Tom Petty. Right. But I mean, there's also Ezra 17. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Um, um, but, uh, McVie has this way of putting complicated situations in, um, like in ways I can anyone can relate to. She's sort of like, um, you know, it's really easy to connect with her stuff, with her lyrics. Um, I think, um, but I think um, uh, Nick's is such a powerful force 
and so wrapped up in mysticism and everything that um, I like it, but I don't relate to it um, in the same way that I can relate to just. Well, I, I wonder, okay. So to me, I, th- I think from a standpoint for Nix versus McVie, it's head versus heart. Um, yeah. I, I think that definitely McVie's songs are very smart and very, you know, subversively dark in many ways, but Nix's voice is like a gut punch. I mean, that, uh, which is why I think I'm drawn to that. There's just, their voices like, so like Stevie Nix's voice, um, you know, Patsy Cline's voice, uh, uh, Nico Case's voice, Jenny Lewis's voice. Th- they're voices that yeah. that have such uh, a, a power and resonance to them that uh, if they're you know that they have the ability to to make to to make me cry, like to really feel mm-hmm. what they're what they're singing about. And and whereas McVie does not. Um, mm-hmm. I can enjoy her stuff. I can appreciate her stuff. Uh, I, I think that she has some of the best songs, uh, objectively, but yeah. it just doesn't affect me the same way. So, you know, we're we're comparing. You know, we're we're only looking at McVie and Nix here. What do you think when we bring Buckingham into the equation? Oh, Buckingham's my favorite. Is he? <laughs> yeah. I, I love Lindsey Buckingham, and he actually probably has my favorite solo career. But oh, definitely looking solely at um at the Fleetwood Mac stuff, I think I would still say Nick's. Um. Okay. <laughs> like I, I, I just um. You know who we're overlooking, though. It's a joke, but Bob Welch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah. Um, I yeah. thought you were, I, you know, there's there's definitely um, phases of Fleetwood Mac. I mean, <laughs> overall favorite phase, I might say Peter Green is my favorite phase of Fleetwood oh, Mac. Well, oh, yeah. I think um, I, I'm thinking like Oh, well, it's 70s. just one of the best songs oh, yeah. of all time oh yes I, I think blows yeah, everything I else out of the water for them but i was thinking i mean from that period from that keep in mind yeah from that self-titled like Max through rumors and tusk and mm. tango in the night yeah that chunk of albums yeah um yeah i um i think uh the um no, this is post Peter Green. I'm, uh, and of course, again, um, Bob uh, is much so like some of his songs. I, I was it? He, he's not even, not even <laughs> in the running. Not even, yeah, yeah, not, not even, even in the running. But um, I wonder how I, it feels I would to like, be that guy because us yeah. having this discussion here is not unlike well, he, probably everybody's discussion of Fleetwood Mac. Nobody well, remembers Bob Welch. Well, he committed suicide too, so he's probably oh, well. listening and going, 
these two um, these ungrateful ash faces can shove our my our their back grumps all the way up their snort boxes. Box. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, but uh, um, but I would like to also point out that um, Sarah, uh, the song Sarah is by far the um, probably the may have been one of the best things that a member of that band has done period. And that's a, that is a, that is a Nick's joint. Yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, also based on, uh, the Tory love affair between her and Henley. <laughs> yeah. Don Henley is yeah. one of those guys that you can't look at his life for too long and still like his music. <laughs> no. Oh, I, because he, he, he that guy, school. that guy tore up the seventies and eighties in a in a coke fueled, sex crazed binge. <laughs> I um, I, I I saw him I think in fifteen, fourteen or fifteen. He opened up a tour in Phoenix. He's played by some problems by sound problems throughout. It was like the first date of the of the tour, and he was playing at Comerica. Well, it was Comerica at the time. I, what the kids called Dodge. <laughs> it was Dodge uh, before Comerica. Now, yeah, and it's now known as Arizona Federal. Um, anyway, the the point is is that um, I went there. I, I admit I went there hoping, uh, intentionally going to write a she review because. Um, while I love Henley and his music, um, he uh, his personal life leaves a lot to be desired uh, for me. <laughs> uh, I don't care how many how much of Walden Pond he's saving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's kind he's kind of a he, he, he's an, he, he's an arch face he's an ash face that's for sure. Um, but, and um, but boys of summer. I can't help but- <laughs> Oh God! And, and heart yeah. of the matter. Um, true, uh, but um, when I left. I just felt kind of sorry for him. But but he sits there on his pedestal. He just is. He hates. Apparently, hates rap music, especially Kanye, and which is, or hates just Kanye as a person, which is fair. Um, but I. He's, a guy I, he's somebody that be- you want to like. He's a conservationist. He's uh, anti-corporate. Yeah. He's you know got some very interesting things, but he is he's he's such an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, hates, hates big cities. Uh, thinks everything's heaven and hell. I don't know. I can't can't get real on that guy. That guy. <laughs> and and no. that's been seventies music corner. <laughs> Yeah, where did that go? <laughs> we we Continue, got from sir. we got from Emma Stone to Stevie Nicks to Don Henley. It's it's you know yeah. It's it's how it goes. You connect the dots. <laughs> yeah, let's go back uh, back to a girl from Arizona. Speaking of of collaborations, that that Tom Hetty box for Wildflowers is coming out next week. Oh. And you saw that next month. I know you, you know that next month the Armed Forces. Yeah, I things. saw the complete Armed Forces. Uh, man, for reissues alone, it could fucking bankrupt me because there's the Summer Teeth reissue that I want. It looks amazing. 
Um, mm-hmm. One of my one of my favorite Wilco albums, you know, um, mm. the last of the Jay Bennett Wilco albums. Well, mm. no, I guess he was on Yankee Hotel. So. No, he was on Yankee. Yeah. Um, um, but but still, amazing. Fucking let me ask album. you. Let me ask you uh, two questions. One, did you know that the cover of Summer Teeth was a girl blowing a bubblegum balloon? Yes. Okay, uh, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was like a moon. It looks like a moon. <laughs> yeah, it looks yeah. like a moon in the way that they have it kind of stylized. It's a great cover. Um, yeah, it is really. I, it makes me love that cover even more now. Um, but um, the, when I saw, uh, uh, it is a more of like a question, more of um, the first thing I thought when I saw that um, Armed Forces unboxing. It's like, are they going to put this out on CD too? Because it's. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would want. Um, for that actually I just can't I like vinyl just fine like a lot but I just I wouldn't want to, if I'm paying 200 for dollars for something I don't want to scratch it <laughs> you know yeah I, I just I can't agree with you on that one I haven't bought a CD in forever uh, I mean actually I take that back I, I, I did buy one because it wasn't going to be available on vinyl um, but yeah I mean it's just the, the, those those vinyl box sets speak to the collector in me. Um, I, I I I have to say I so I mean that's why this year we've got the like I was saying they've got the Tom Petty one, you've got the replacements mm-hmm. one, yeah. Um, uh, the uh, uh, the Wilco one, the the Elvis one. Um, I feel like I'm leaving. Leaving something out, that might be it um, that yeah, I've noticed. I, but then that on top of all the new albums that are coming out from from Springsteen and Costello and Jeff Tweedy, and it's it's it I it, I I I, I, I blah. But you know, I, so this makes me think, and this will actually segue back into the good place because I was listening. I, I mentioned I, I've been watching mm-hmm. Bunheads and simultaneously listening to the uh, Gilmore guys. Um, uh, discussions of them as the Bunhead Bros. Um, <laughs> and, oh, that's why you're watching Bunheads. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm listening to the podcast simultaneously. So, and and it's just Amy Sherman Palladino. So so next I'm going right, right. to I'm going to uh, uh, rewatch all of uh, marvelous marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um. Anyway, so the uh, I was listening to the episode of the podcast that Jason Manzukis was on and he had, I would suggest you listen to it just for his discussion about, um, collecting. And when I, when I heard him talk about that, I'm like, Jason Manzukis is my spirit animal. Um, cause he's talking about, uh, you know, continuing to buy, go to comic book stores and buy physical comic books, you know, and, and collecting vinyl and, and and you know Criterion DVDs and you know how how much meaning you can put behind a physical object that you simply can't uh, with something digital 
and I, I couldn't have agreed more. I'm like, this this guy is 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 you know, I've I've had these exact discussions, and I, it was a, a delight to listen to. Um, um not not to um, speaking of Manzukis, this will also bring us back to the good place. But uh, he is the celebrity guest star on uh, Reply All um, on occasion when they do this segment called Yes, Yes, No, where they take something they see on Twitter and they try to figure out if they all know what it's about. Uh. Um, and it's, uh, since, and since Manzukis is not on social media at all, yeah. um, it does get rather delightful. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, let's get back to this. Let's try to wrap uh, this up. We've only so, got five minutes. Well, so when you're around. done, I know we're doing so good. <laughs> I'll check out Reply All after I'm done with all the all the Amy Sherman Palladino stuff. So you're not going to do it. That's fine. Cool. I'll I'll get to it, man. Yeah. The, no, that's fine. I, I'll fucking get to it. I will check it out. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. Are you gonna start this? Are you gonna, are you gonna start the show? <laughs> Are you going to start the show? I'm starting the show. <laughs> Jason, I'm so sorry. Janet was my whole afterlife. How am I going to get over her? I used to have a breakup routine when a relationship ended. Champagne and Alanis Morissette. Oh, not the actual singer. I'd just listen to her albums at my friend Adele's house. <laughs> I guess I could do my normal breakup routine. Drink a ton of Mountain Dew, steal an ATV, and ride it through Panda Express. But then I'd have to ask Janet for the Mountain Dew and the ATV, and then I'd have to see Janet, and then I'd start crying. What do I do? I honestly don't know. But whatever you do, you'll be doing it with your friends. And I didn't even get to tell you about the Blake Portals part. <laughs> so cheap. Okay. Jason's uh, like post-breakup routine... He mentions having to... There's a couple of things there. He mentions uh, the Mountain Dew, ATV, and the Panda Express. But he only mentions needing to get Janet uh, to get him the Mountain Dew and the ATV. Does that imply that there is a Panda Express in this version of The Good Place? I hope not. That doesn't sound very good at all. Anyway, I, I feel like if you're going to kind of have Chinese food in the good place, it wouldn't be Panda Express. No, no, no. If you could have the best Chinese food in the good place, it would not be Panda Express. No, no. Any Chinese place would be better than Panda Express. Anyway. You were never a fan of the orange chicken? Uh, that's all right. I just. It's been a long time, but I used to eat that. I used to eat that all the time. And just for yeah. some reason, not to not to get off on another tangent, but for some reason oh, that was one that was one of those things when I got into my thirties. You know how how there are just like some things you can't eat anymore. Not yeah. you know, I mean this was this was even before I became a vegetarian for a while. You know, it it was uh, uh, just like out of the blue. I I could not eat Panda Express without feeling sick. Oh, 
Did you did you have anything like that? No, it just uh no, I just don't it's just it's okay. It's just mediocre. No, no, I, no. I mean, did you have anything where like you used to be able to eat something without a problem and then suddenly now it, you can't eat it anymore? Uh, oh man, I not really. Um the Applebee's menu. <laughs> um, well, you're not supposed to eat the menu. No, you I, order off of it. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I but Come oh, <laughs> <him> again, Johnny. <laughs> uh, no, it was um I ate Apple like I worked at Applebee's for like nearly half a decade like going to college. Well, um, I mean, isn't that what they say though that you can't I mean once you work in a place uh, like that serves food, you you can't after a while eat any of the food from there anymore because you just you're immersed in it. Just something. Well, you just realize like how bland it is. Mm. Like and like. But it's it's um, it's uh, America's neighborhood bar and grill. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it is literally a half step above Denny's, and that's giving it too much praise. <laughs> Denny's, um, Denny's was another thing. I used to like Denny's in my twenties was like a hangout spot after you know long, long nights of drinking, and you need something just greasy as fuck to go soak it up so you don't have a hangover the next day. <laughs> right, and like that's what we used to like. That was the place to hang out in, like when I was seventeen, eighteen, because I'm not gonna study at home and get distracted. I'm going to hang out at, um, I'm going to hang out at Denny's where you can hang out with cool cats while they smoke cigarettes and talk about the cure. That's, Um, I was, uh, it wasn't the cure, but I was definitely, it was, uh, (laughs) it was, it was hanging out in Denny's after going to the bar, eating bad food and smoking. That was, that uh, was, Definitely early 20s. But it's weird because I can still eat McDonald's without a problem. And I worked there for a few months. I can eat movie theater popcorn like nobody's business. I don't know, just Applebee's, it's just not I can't remember good the last anymore. time I had McDonald's. It's probably at least 10 years since I had McDonald's. Is there even anything? I don't even think you can have the fries at McDonald's because it uses beef fat. Or time. Well, I have to say, publicly, this may be the first time I can no longer claim to be a vegetarian. Oh, you're, I just—I don't feel like I can. I, you know, I—I I have, you know, as part of the fuck it year that is 2020. I just there were some, there were there were there was a uh, particular weekend where I just couldn't take it anymore. I'm like, you know what would make me feel better right now? Uh, deep dish pepperoni pizza. And I got it, and it did make me feel better. So, okay. where'd you go? Where'd you uh, go? I got it from Lou Malnati's. And you didn't like it? No, I loved it. Okay, good. That's what I'm saying. Right. It did make me feel better. Good. I mean, it's. God, I haven't had that in like. Shit, I don't think we've had that in a year. We, <laughs> um, we used to get like. Um, that, that's my favorite deep dish pizza. Um, 
and yeah, it should make you feel better. I'm Good saying for you. it did, yeah. you know? So yeah, I still don't, I still don't eat meat very often. It's a very rare thing, but yeah, it's again, it's one of those, you know, it, it, if, if this year has taught me anything, it's to, in moderation, again, it's like what Marin says, use whatever means you have at your disposal to maintain your sanity without hurting yourself or others. Mm-hmm. And too close, too too close, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I'm saying the guy's got wisdom. He's not wrong. Yeah, he's a wise man. <laughs> anyway, let's let's get back to it. Jeez. <laughs> Do you remember that woman Simone from the party the other night? Simone, the third eye blind super fan who walked around cutting off people's ponytails? That's the one. Uh, I need your help acclimating to the neighborhood. I've tried, but since she thinks this whole thing is imaginary and I'm an authority figure, I'm extra suspicious. Well, what makes you think I'd have any more luck? Chidi, you and Simone are soulmates. Soulmates? Like our souls are... are... Mates, yes. <laughs> Everyone has people that they're cosmically bound to, and the system brings them together in the afterlife. And I can say with complete certainty that you and Simone are two such people. <laughs> I hadn't told her yet. I wouldn't have told you ordinarily, but since she's gone a little cuckoo bananas, that's the official architect term. Uh, I thought it was prudent to let you know. Whoo, boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting a stomachache. But a good one. A happy stomachache. This is new. There are some great writings on simulated realities that might help her adjust. Descartes, Moravec, Zhuangzi. I wonder if I can summon a book from my apartment. Well, good luck. <laughs> this is incredible. I, I, I spent my whole life in pursuit of fundamental truths about the universe, but I never actually fell in love with someone. I know. Oh, right, of course. <laughs> you know everything about me. I do indeed. <laughs> I know it's a sight gag, but I had to let it play out. It's so fucking brilliant. So, so we've got the, oh, the was... huge sacrifice of Eleanor reintroducing the soulmates idea. I mean that that was another one that that got me in the feels because she knows she has to make that sacrifice in order, basically in order to save humanity. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so that I mean that's rough, but. Chidi holding out his hand to summon a book and then basically forgetting that he'd done it. So when the book arrives from his apartment, it flying into his head, it's the hardest laugh I had. I, I had at least all week uh, in rewatching that. It's, it's, it's a, a brilliant, brilliant gag. I like keeping you around. Have a fake seat and grab a yogurt that doesn't exist. Right, um... So, if if I understand your state of mind, it's basically solipsism. You you think that you're the only real thing in the universe, and everything else 
stems from your consciousness. Yes, but to be fair, I only think that because it's true and I'm right. No offense, but solipsism as a philosophy is this pretty juvenile, especially for a person with multiple advanced degrees. And it's also impossible to refute because everything you see is confirmed by your belief. However... <laughs> Dude. What? I mean, if, if none of this is real, then it really shouldn't matter, right? In fact... <laughs> Dude. What? It's not real. None of this matters. Leave that on your nose for the rest of time. Fine. Point sort of taken. You know, in a larger sense, if you go around acting like no one else matters, then you end up doing things like knocking over cakes and pushing people into pools and just generally acting like a jerk. Why not treat them better, just in case they're real? I mean, what do you, what do you have to lose by treating people with kindness and respect? Okay, keep talking. Probably fake, but maybe real, philosopher man. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to to highlight that for the reason that it's the return of philosophy. <laughs> yes, um, I, uh, I I wrote down uh, on our uh, Instagram account uh, if sops if the idea of sopsism is real, would we have um, willed a white claw into existence? <laughs> uh, I would not I, will a white claw into existence, but clearly. I would have. Yes. Um, but yeah, so so solipsism, uh, if anybody is curious, it dates back to 483 BC um, with the uh, Greek philosopher Gorgias. Um, it's the idea that nothing exists, and if something does exist, nothing can be known about it. And even if something can be known, nothing about it can be communicated to others. Uh, it's basically that um, everything, nobody can know what I know, basically. It's every, my reality is not anybody else's reality, and it may not even be real. Because mm-hmm. if it is real, you can't be experiencing it as I'm experiencing it. Right. So, and it also uh, is a foundation that that Descartes worked off of. My mom is probably listening, and 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 uh, like uh, gesticulating wildly about how wrong I am since she was a philosophy major. Um, and I, I looked up on Wikipedia, but yeah, I'm, I have to say I know you're reading this word for word from Wikipedia because I'm following along. <laughs> But so, but Descartes picks up from that because he mentions of the philosophers that he talks about with the experiments in um, uh, uh, reality. Um, it's uh, Descartes kind of like moves on from that and goes further and says the you know basically the mere act of thinking means that I exist. I think therefore I am. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I, I nerded out a little bit. It's like. This for me is what was missing from the first part of the episode, because um, there wasn't a there. I don't think there was actually any discussion of philosophy in there. So when they get back to it here, I, I was I, I was there for it. Huge sacrifice for us, and I had to make sure it was worth it. It's arguable that you made an even bigger sacrifice. You actually have to live with this situation. Chidi just gets to go around blissfully unaware of what he gave up. Yeah, but we know what he gave up. 
dead ash. <laughs> Come on, bud. I know you're down, but you can't leave me hanging. You're right. That is the code. <laughs> yes. Um, the code, of course, being that you can never leave someone hanging. <laughs> yes. You can't. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that ash. That ash. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think made the bigger sacrifice, though? Uh, Chi or Elmer? Well, I mean, that's an interesting question, right? I mean, that kind of goes to to the Michael really drives the point home and it kind of it, it, it even circles around to these ideas where they were talking about solipsism and everything I mean mm-hmm. because Eleanor knows well and, and the rest of them know what Chidi gave up but Chidi doesn't know what Chidi gave up and it's not mm-hmm. real to Chidi um, right. so all around I mean Chidi made a sacrifice But the outcome of it is even harder on Eleanor than it is on him because he doesn't he doesn't know it anymore. It's just gone. Mm. And so the sacrifice Chidi made made Eleanor miserable, and then Eleanor has to make an, a sacrifice on top of that by putting Chidi and Simone together. That's true. Knowing that she knows what they gave up and what Chidi sacrificed and knowing that Chidi doesn't know what he knows, that he doesn't and, know what he did. And knowing that um, Simone could and him, and him could actually fall in love. And Yep. I, so, yeah, um, I, I'm satisfied with your answer, sir. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to oblige. Uh, yeah. But that's it. Anything else that you... Uh, any other points you wanted to make? Any? Well, I would like to welcome our new sponsors, um, Applebee's and Panda Express. <laughs> um, Not to, to mention the, McDonald's uh, and uh, also <laughs> still Disney um, returning to the fold. <laughs> Get Mulan Premier Access. Only $30 on Disney Plus. PG-13. Right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we took a I few. Think Tracy, <laughs> we don't. Um, we took a took a few wild tangents there. Yeah, but you know what? We're back. We got we got the bugs on that first episode. Yeah, we do. You know, piece. in a way, you might say that we got our groove back. You would. That's exactly what I was thinking, but I didn't know how to put it in a cool way. <laughs> So, or back in the saddle. Or, this is where we should have had the boys are back in town. Yeah, we were, we squandered it on uh, on our on our uh, on our rocky uh, rocky return. Oh, uh, I listened to the first fifteen minutes of that this morning, and God, just me and my morning walk, uh, very cringy. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, you listened to the edited version. I'm the guy who had to go through and spend most of his Saturday putting that stuff together. <laughs> I still think it had its moments, you know. They're just mm-hmm. it, we it 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 uh, you know we we spent the summer 
um, shooting the shit and talking about a bullshit show. So yeah, it just uh, it took an episode to get back into it. Yeah, hey, it's okay. We got we got the rust off. I mean, we're ready. Uh, we're ready to do this, and then you know, we'll figure out where to go. I, I guess so. <laughs> So, right. Plus, you know, we're not in person, so it does make things a little more difficult. It does make it difficult. Like, the fucking mm-hmm. sound thing. I'm not going to bore the listeners with with all the reasons that we're, that the yeah. sound is complicated. Anyhow, <laughs> just in case you forgot, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WhatTheForkPod and uh, mm-hmm. email us your answers to what you think uh, a, uh, a fat grump and a snork box are. Um, or don't because you haven't emailed us yet guys (laughs) yeah Uh, and you know we we didn't mention anywhere else in the show saving the shilling until the end Um, you can go to redbubble.com and search for Hoot and Waddle and Mm -hmm. under that you will find that you can order a What the Fork logo t-shirt and you can order a um, uh, a Mask the Fork Up Chili Babies face mask Wait, we got T-shirts now? Well, they were there. So you can actually, the logo we went ahead and put on a bunch of stuff. So you can get like a What the Fork tote bag. You can get a What the Fork Uh, clock. You can get a What the Fork pillow. You can get a What the Fork uh, 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 water bottle. You can get all sorts of stuff with the What the Fork logo on it. Oh, well... Man, and they can still mask. And do they can can they still mask the fork up? They can still mask the fork up. Okay. Uh, and we so. we are going to have. Uh, I, I've I've we've we've seen the um, the the first version of the drop the underscore like it's hot shirt, um, and it's great. There there are just a few uh, minor adjustments we're going to make to the design. And that'll be up pretty soon too, so you can watch out for that. It's gonna be a uh, you can get drop the underscore like it's hot on some merch, and get out there and vote. I know um, uh, in Arizona, early voting is open. I'm sure it's uh, open in many places around the country. Um, mm-hmm. You can go all sorts of places to find out where. I know that we're currently running a. a, a charity spot uh, at the top of the show that talks about ways that you can go check where to vote and how to vote. Uh, it's super important. Um, we got to make some, some changes. So make sure that you do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, as always, make sure to take it sleazy, chili babies. Yeah. Uh, and uh, today is not Paul Reiser's birthday. <laughs> This has been a Hoon Waddle production. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not check out one of our other fine podcasts available from hootandwaddle.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any number of podcast apps. If you'd like to support Hoot and Waddle and get access to an exclusive member-only podcast, receive discounts on merch, and more, go to patreon.com forward slash hootandwaddle.